Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on, Coach Luca with the Vigor Life Podcast? And we're back here with none other than the man, the myth, the legend, and uh, also my ball headed brother, <laughs> Joe DeFranco. What's going on, man? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And uh, we, we just we just got done, um, by the way, we just got done with the CPPS here at Vigor Ground, which if you have not taken it, you absolutely must take it. Um, Joe and Smitty over-delivered on another level. Hands-on, basically 20 years uh, of, well, I'd say 40 years combined of, of yeah. training knowledge uh, packed up into a system that pretty much you can just uh, take and use. So for any coaches out there, man, you definitely got to do this. I'm, I'm, you know, we do a lot of continuing ed. And uh, some things I don't talk about as much, some things I talk <laughs> about more, which are like, this is the stuff that you got to do. So if you got an opportunity, definitely, definitely do that. Um, it was a great weekend. And yeah, we appreciate you having us out. I, I know. I remember when I had my gym, it's it's a pain in the ass moving appointments around and shutting things down for the weekend. So we, we appreciate you accommodating us. It was it was one we everyone is good but it was one of our best ones it, it was pleasure, a good man. week like uh i mean that, that's just been a big thing for us obviously is to continue get uh part and you know bringing the best in the world in it's great for the teams great for the coaches it shows in your trainers it's uh and uh and sometimes sometimes it's good because they'll go like oh man we know this you know yes. I mean, some of this and but like you've been such a huge influence on i would say you know a lot of the 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 things that we do and you know our coaches know you from obviously coming up in industry and i'm always like man you got to check this out you got to get all these products so if you go in the library like there's a whole a whole deck of all the products from you guys oh that's cool that's cool <laughs> and but that's you know today i kind of wanted to go around i mean go around a little bit this, there's so many things i want to talk to you about but um the first thing that i actually wanted to touch base on because i like these things to just go where they're going like yep. conversationally but um you know you like you've been around and done so many things in industry and as far as like, you know, you've been an owner operator, you've, you've coached the best of the best, like you kind of grew that business. Now you're in a different place. But the two like the two things that I wanted to, to ask you is like if you if you had to take the old school, like the, the, the principles, foundational principles that build a great business, but then also plug in and say, hey, what's still important now? The new age. Right. To to become successful in industry. So as and, and this means as a coach that you're great with getting actual results but also with the side of how do you get people to know yeah. that you're a great coach. And so it's kind of like what's, you know, the old blend old school with the new school, because obviously there are things that you just can't ignore these days um, that are important. But there's obviously these principles that will stand the test of time, even, you know, 100 years from now, yep. you're like, you, you got to pay attention to these. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you say that because I, I do con some consulting now for new trainers. And I always tell them, like back when when I started, you just had to be known in your own town. Like it was like, it didn't matter if, if I had a big Instagram following or YouTube following, it was like, you better be the best in your town because that's, that's where you're drawing your business from. And that's where you're getting your clients from where, uh, that's all I focused on was being like the, you know, the kind of local hero in the town. And now I feel like even, even kids that might be from this area, they might be a 10 minute drive from this gym. They're more on Instagram and social media. So they're, they're not necessarily even looking They're They're the, the world is so big yet. It's gotten so much smaller because now they're going on Instagram. And if they're looking for, you know, fitness information or athletic training, they, they might 
gravitate towards somebody from, you know, another country, another state. So like, how do you, you need to not only be the man in your town, but you have to kind of get that information out there. So I think it's that fine line of, you still first and foremost have to take care of the people in your gym. Like if somebody's coming to train with you, they're coming to vigor, you want them to have the best experience possible and you need to be focused on over delivering for them. But within that, it's like, how do you get that information out there and show other people the the positive things you have going on in here? And uh, so now I think you almost have to have some kind of, whether it, yeah, I, some people will say like, Oh, I'm, I'm old school. I don't like, I don't, I'm not into that social media stuff. I don't want to be, ha- look, ha- you know, having my phone on me at all times. But if, if you're not into it, you better hire someone that is. And, and that would be my main thing is where like my first hire back in the day was a trainer because it was just all about training. And then it, when, when I couldn't fit any more clients in my schedule, I hired another trainer and trained them to get more, more, um, clients in. But now I would say I would probably start in one of my first hires besides someone to help you organize the business and do kind of the day to day, uh, administrative type stuff would be someone with a camera to follow me around and just capture the stuff that's going on, provide value to other people. You're not just kind of showing off, but provide value, give information. And then the more I found, um, as far as giving the more stuff I've given for free, the more business that is driven to my business. Cause you, cause the thing is, that's one of, uh, like you talked about this uh, a while back, but you were one of the first people that did a Q and a, and it was like, like, here's the question. Here's the, here's a whole article. Yeah. Here's videos on it. I mean, and this was probably, I mean, over 10 years ago. I mean, it was, it was that, yeah, well, that around that time frame. Even, even long, I, I could even tell you it was 2003. I started the ask Joe, uh, like e-newsletter was like the big thing. And, uh, I, had, I hired my first business consultant back then, and it's funny because I pay this guy, and the only advice he gave me was, and he had known me, uh, he was like a family friend, so he had known me for close to 10 years, so he knew kind of like how passionate I was about training, and not that I, you know, I n- know it all, but like, as far as people he knew, I was the most knowledgeable, like, you know, fitness slash, you know, training expert, so he advised me against giving away free information. He was like, you're crazy. He, he was also into web design and stuff. So he was like, and this was new back then too. He goes, I could have half your site could be free. And then you, answer half of a question and then you, they could click on it and then it goes to the paid wall. And I, it was like groundbreaking back then. I was like, Whoa, you could do that. But um, I was like, that's crazy. But he goes, that's what you have to do. He goes, you, I know you, you have way too much information, way too much value value. You've been training all these guys. You can't just give that away. And like, I really thought about it. I agonized over it. And I was like, ah, you know what? Even back then I don't consider myself the smartest guy in the world, but I was like, you know me, like speaking to this guy, you know me, the rest of the world doesn't know me. So if, if I'm making them pay for it, who's going to pay for it? Because these other people don't, they'll never know that I know my stuff or I could help them out if I don't give it a little bit to them first. So I disagreed. I ended up not going with him and I'll, I'll never forget. I would see him at some family functions and stuff. And he was always like, giving away too much for free. You're giving away too much for free. <laughs> and my, my ask Joe newsletter, I used to, every Friday, I would answer five questions, but I would go deep. Like the, you know, it wasn't like one sentence answers. Like you do were, a blog answer. Pa- like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. paragraphs, yeah. picture. There was no videos. This is before YouTube. So I would just have pictures accompanying my answers. And 
I'll never forget. I started the first week I had 50, um, 50 people on the newsletter list. And a lot of it was like family members that I just put their email in myself. They didn't even sign up and it just grew slowly. But after the first year, I think I had like a couple thousand and then it got to the point I was like at 50,000, uh, newsletter subscribers. And this is like 2004, 2005. Shit. That was huge. So yeah, those crazy back then. numbers. Yeah. Huge those are good numbers then. today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy numbers back then. So that that's how, and I, and I, I always tell the story. It, it, so that's 2003 to 2005 or six. And, you know, a lot of good came out of that because a lot of people found me. And then what happens is when you give away enough, that piques people's interest. And then I know how I am. Like if I read a really good book, I want to meet the author. I'm not going to say, oh, I read yep. the book. I yep. know everything that, that, you know, that the author has written. I want more. So I think that's what happened. People would read my Q&A. And then I started having athletes come to me, not only from New Jersey, but I remember my first kid came from Maryland. And then I had a kid from Ohio. And then there was the first out-of-country kid, a, uh, a hockey player from Canada. We're all coming to New Jersey to train. And when I would ask, how did you find out about me? They go, oh, I go on your website. I get your, I get your newsletter at Ask Joe on Friday. I love the Ask Joe on Friday. And so that started to make me realize like, wow, I think I made the right decision giving this stuff away for free. And the ultimate example uh, was in 2011, I get a call from Triple H from the WWE. I'm training a group of college athletes uh, during the summer. And my wife now, girlfriend at the time, comes up to me. She's like, some guy uh, left you a message. He claims he's in the WWE and uh, he left his real name. So she's like, Paul Levesque or Levesque. I don't know. And I was like, I, I never heard of that guy. Put it, put the, put the note, uh, on my desk. Maybe I'll call him back if I have time. And one of the college kids in the group, thankfully, cause I probably would have never called him back. But one of the college kids was like, Paul Levesque, that's Triple H's real name. And so we Googled it and uh, it was him. I called him back. Turns out when I asked him how he found out about me, he goes, I, I tore my bicep tendon. I had shoulder surgery. I started researching um, more athletic-based training and more performance-based. I always trained like a bodybuilder, but I've been starting to suffer a lot of injuries now. So I kept just researching online how to train more like an athlete and your name kept popping up and he goes I found these old Q&As I guess you used to do on your website and you had you answered some questions on shoulder like rehab prehab warming up strengthening um you know, uh, overhead pressing versus other ways to train the shoulder, all the shoulder stuff that I had put information out on. So he goes, it piqued my interest. You seemed like you knew, uh, your stuff. And then I kind of followed up with you and realized you're still around, you know, he goes, he's very humble, but he's like being a celebrity. I'm careful who I invite into my home, obviously, but I see that you've been training athletes since 2003, even though I started in 1999, but he's like, I've followed your stuff since 2003. Now it's 2011. I look through your website and I see you're still going strong. Your business has progressed. Uh, he saw kids that I was writing about that were in high school in 2003 were now in the NFL. So he's like, if guys have stuck with you that long, I felt comfortable giving you a call. I met him a week later at his house. He hired me and uh, now it's eight and a half years later and I'm still training Holy them. Shit. And that relationship changed the course of my business because I now I consult for the WWE strength and conditioning program. Uh, I personally trained Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. That helped me kind of get out 
not that I, not that I ever want to get out totally of training, but I don't have to train people 12 yep. hours a day anymore. I yep. could do it for three hours a day, uh, and work on other aspects of the business. So that's the, uh, the long, longer than no, I wanted no, to make not, it. That's but. a phenomenal answer because it's actually like that brings me to whole, I want to pack a whole bunch of stuff here, but I mean, one, one of the things I feel like today that actually still works even yeah. in a written setting. If you're, if you're good at writing, if you have good stuff and for a gym owner, I think, I think a huge benefit that people actually don't see is that when you write quality work, it's for your members as for the outside world. Yes. So for instance, what, you know, we, we do so much video now and Somebody goes like, man, I'm, this is bugging me. Like, hey, check out like this video series on, you know, getting more thoracic rotation extension. That's that's going to help your shoulder out. You know, people do it. Go like, holy shit, like two weeks is feeling yep. better, right? So so it can be internal resource for the team. It can be externally for for the marketplace. But the, the other part that I think is 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 where most people kind of miss the, the whole point is, you know, you said I was doing this shit like years and years and years later. So you have this whole body of work and consistency over time. And not like, hey, listen, I've been doing this for four months. I don't understand why, you know, Triple H is not hitting yeah, me up yes, about like yes. this great video that I just shot, you know. And and so the, the combination of those two, but to to kind of piggyback on that, like, so how how do you think that's? I mean, obviously it's changed today, and even the way that you approach it uh, has somewhat changed. But when it comes from because there's so much white noise now, right? Yep. I mean, there's everybody's yes. doing shit from videos to blogs. To it this, is harder that. to get recognized. It's harder definitely. to get recognized. Is there like something that you feel, uh, you know, is helpful for somebody? It's just like, okay, apart from, cause you gotta, you gotta be consistent. Don't, don't get this twisted. Uh, and, and you gotta be relentless with it. But what is something that you see that's like, man, people are missing a point on this thing that could help them break through the white noise. We, I think, I think, well, you said it, and quality, quality, consistency, and quality, um, consistency, you definitely have to kind of be in people's face. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you can't, I was always more about quality over quantity, but if you post once a month, no matter how good yeah. it is right now, I don't think uh, it would have to be like really, really groundbreaking stuff. And even then, I'm not sure you would be able to get recognized. So uh, I would almost put consistency first, although a very close second for me is providing quality information and value. And I, I think and at least I hope right now we're in this in this time where like these marketing kind of the, the marketing is is overriding the information where we all know the top guys in the industry don't have the biggest, you, you know, followings, yeah, at least most, some of them yeah. do, but for the most part, there seems to be an inverse relationship between your, your Instagram following and how much you actually know. Cause a lot of the best <laughs> coaches, yeah. they love coaching and, and, or the, you know, the scientists out there that are into the science and they're doing the research. They're not as concerned about posting on social media. So we know a lot of the top guys in the industry that, that could care less about their, um, you know, their, their social media following. But I think if you have a gym business or you do like, you know, like we do, you're, you're at, you have a physical gym and you want to try to provide, um, you want to get people through your door. You still have to provide valuable content. And I'm, I hope that consistent, valuable content 
eventually you're seeing now that these kind of imposters like the the dude that just has six pack abs and takes a picture of himself eating breakfast every day but doesn't really provide much value but you could tell he's got some marketing behind him and he's got really good quality pictures like a lot of these young kids are getting fooled these a lot of young girls with the instagram models just taking pictures of their butt and it's like oh she has a nice body so i'm gonna buy her program yet they don't do their due diligence and say, well, what is what is this woman's background? You know, and, and I think I say there's there's I know I'm kind of going in circles, but like if there's if, if I could talk to the the consumer for a second and not the, the trainers out there that are that are um, producing the content. If you're going to buy something from myself or Luca or any other trainer or fitness uh, influencer, whatever the hell they call them now. I would look at three things. Number one for me, I I say it's like a pyramid. The base of the pyramid for me is experience and results with other people that have similar or had similar goals to you. So if you wanted to train for the NFL combine or whether you're, you know, a a woman looking to lose weight for her wedding and and look better in her wedding dress, whatever your goal is, if you're going to find a trainer online that whether you want to go physically train with them or buy an online program from them. First, you want to see how many other NFL combine athletes as this guy trained or how many other women did this guy help, you know, get ready for her wedding, whatever your thing is, find that person and then do a little bit of research first. How many people have they trained and how long have they done it for? Check out their track record. After that, I think going up in the pyramid, it would be their actual education and their knowledge. Did they go to, and we know like a degree isn't the be all end all, but I feel like if you went to college or you have a, a bunch of certifications, um, you know, you have, it, it at least shows you're willing to put some time. And you're usually, if you're a quick fix guy looking to make a quick buck, you probably don't have a degree. You probably don't have, you know, three, four different certifications. Yeah. You're not going to take the time or invest that kind of money in that. So that would be that would be number two for me. And for me, the the, the least important yet it still holds definitely holds weight is how that trainer. Uh, or coach looks themselves like I think it's important to still look the part uh, you know as I get older and I've had I've had back issues my whole life but I still want to make sure in a t-shirt and shorts someone will look at me and say hey that guy looks pretty fit for a 43 year old dude I'm not gonna let myself go completely the problem is on social media I think most people they weigh that the heaviest. It's just, what do you look like? It's pyramid. Yeah, yeah. it's what do you look like? Oh, she's she's got a nice body. I'm going to buy her program. Oh, that dude shredded. I'm going to buy it. And it's just like, you got it all wrong. So it's, if you're looking to, you know, buy an online program or join a gym or hire a trainer, spend a week at least and do your research first before you spend your hard-earned money on these people. And I know I, uh, kind of went went in a roundabout way, but I, I guess the point I was trying to make is in this day and age, I'm hoping guys like us that put out quality, consistent, you know, helpful, valuable information. If we keep doing that consistently, the 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 frauds are kind of getting exposed, and you're seeing it now. People are buying online programs, and they're not getting sent to program, and now. And bad news travels fast on social media. So you're seeing some of these social media celebrities and fitness influencers get exposed. And I'm hoping within the next, you know, two to three years, the cream is going to rise to the top and and people are going to become a little more educated on 
who they hire. Uh, so that's what I feel like guys like us just if you stay stay consistent, keep putting out quality information, provide value to people, and it might not come quick. <clears throat> Excuse me, it might not come quick, but it will it it will get recognized. Um, I, I've never seen hard work, you know, consistent hard work, not pay off eventually. But you just need you do need patience. Yep. You do need patience. And, it, and the thing that you, you made a great point, but it, it is happening, and uh, you know. But when I've I've talked to people that kind of can see where where things are going is that more and more even bigger companies you know like in three to four years you're gonna have these big companies are gonna start investing more money in social media yeah still not uh, and they're looking at people that are having great conversations that are like uh, I would say micro content in the sense of hey instead of going oh you got a great butt in the comments it's like hey uh how are you doing that lunch I noticed yes. that you do this that and the other right so it's engagement of the actual <clears throat> content. Uh, you know, and meaningful answers, like having a conversation that, that, that delivers value versus like, she's hot, let me buy that program. Exactly. Like, and, and there's going to be more and more of that happening because, I mean, put it this way, you're going to filter that through. And I think for anybody that's in a craft of like coaching, uh, you know, whether it's athletes, whether it's body transformation stuff, is to, you know, this this one of the things I, I definitely do agree with uh, with Gary Vee on is, is like the documenting what you're doing. Yes. Uh, versus, uh, <clears throat> and, and, I'll touch on this whole thing, like kind of pulling people in with some some more kind of interesting, exciting, fun stuff. But then documenting what you're doing and just showing people like, hey, listen, like here's a client. Like here's here's what we're doing with them. I'm, I'm coaching them anyway. I'm not yes. making shit up. I'm just coaching them. And you can see how we already coach. So the person goes like, oh, man, they're just like me. And, oh, I have that issue, too. And this is what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So now you go from information to integration to like, you know, I think the highest peak is do it yourself, which we can't do for people in, yeah, in fucking yeah. fitness, you know what I mean? But, but nonetheless, <clears throat> that there's, that that's, that's kind of like the path and the more people that see you, um, whether it's online or physically, right? But online just gives you more of an opportunity to get in front of people and be to get, you know, get in front of them gift kind of, uh, analogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's where the attention is again, whether you like it or not. And, and I love that, you know, you talk about documenting like Gary V talks about, and it's so true. And that's, uh, for the old school mentality. Cause I, I deal with a lot of people now I've been in this industry, you know, well over, I'm going on 25 years, close to 25 years. The, the few that are left that are like around my age that, uh, that that just can't get into the social media thing that's what i tell them like you just have some you don't have to be holding the camera and taking selfies if you're you love coaching if you love coaching and you're coaching anyway hire a 20 year old kid who loves filming and yep. who loves instagram and have him just film you you don't even have to know he's there you're doing what you do anyway document it let him Put it on your Instagram, and now you show that to the world, and now you're going to attract attention. I think they they spend too much time thinking about like, well, I don't like doing that, but they they don't realize is that thing that they don't like doing helps them do more of what they what like they doing. doing yeah. Because if you reach more people, you're going to be able to help more people, whether it's in person or through an online program. And that's why even I switched my business to more. I still have a, a small physical location, but you know, you, you get older and, and I had kids and I'm just like, I truly still do love training and, and talking training and, and providing, uh, I like, love writing articles and making videos. You want to help more people. I realized like I was in the gym 12 hours a day and 
you know, I started out doing all one-on-one training. So working your ass off, but at the end of the day, you helped 10 people or 12 people where now I put out to your point, if I have some, uh, an intern record one of my sessions and you don't have to give away everything, but show a, a exercise you think might help people. If you, if you're, if you sit at a desk all day, here's something that might help your low back, like show a piece of your workout. Now you just, who know you know, you could reach millions. A, a post could go viral. We don't know which ones are going to hit or what's not, but you just keep providing that value. One goes viral. If you're that passionate about helping people, you just helped thousands, if not millions of people. Some of them are going to come, you know, whether you have seminars or certifications or products, now they're going to invest in you and, and, you know, buy your stuff and, and come train with you. And now, now you're able to make a living providing value, doing something love, doing something you love in a very, that's something that's very fulfilling too, right? Like I always struggled with the money thing. Cause I didn't, I didn't grow up with money. So it's almost like, I didn't like asking people for money and you almost feel guilty taking people's money. And, you know, I I always struggled with that uh, coming and coming up in this industry. And then you realize, like, if you're providing value and you're helping people, they're going to they're going to go to someone else that they're going to give their hard earned money to. That's not going to help them. Why not just. And that's why I always one of my core values is just to always over deliver whatever you give me 10 bucks. I'm going to give you one hundred dollars worth of value. You give me one hundred. I'm going to you know, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars worth of value. So as I know, I'm always providing more value than the money I'm asking. Plus, I'm doing something I love. Plus, I'm helping people that to me, that's the best way to make a living and and make money and feel good about it. And not if anybody suffers from that same problem that I have, like, you know, like money was considered like. Not that I grew up in the hood, but it was like the dudes with the nice cars and stuff. It's like, you know, who's dealing drugs and who's doing this. You know what I mean? My mom told me, like, we grew up in communism. And then you associate, like, nice things with that, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, but with with that said, though, like, because right now I I still believe that I still believe that to, you know, be great at doing stuff online that you have to coach in real life. or Or have had a ton of, I would say, experience. And now, you know, when I say a ton of experience, now it's like people are like, all right, man, I've been in the industry for a year or two. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm ready to go fully online. But I, I think, you know, you're coaching human beings online and there's no better, you know, way to find out how to coach and the psychology of behavior change uh, than it is face to face. Because I think it becomes even harder online. It becomes harder to be the person that's shelling out advice and coaching when, you know, you've had, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like I said, two years is not a lot. No, you know it's I mean? nothing. I mean, it's I nothing. think at five, you kind of start, you know. That, we never even discussed this. And to me, when I consult with the younger trainers, that's my timeline. I say five years mi- minimum, but I, I feel like I'm comfortable if you said I've been, tra- I'm in the, I engrossed in this, in the gym training real people for five years. You, I'm okay with you kind of providing some information and putting it out there. And uh, tying this together, you mentioned, you know, how I started my, the e-newsletter in 2003, just to clear that up. I started training like professionally. I graduated college and, and got a job as a personal trainer in 1999. So literally I, and that, that's why I came up with the five year thing, because I feel like I, I had some knowledge, didn't have like the, the, the wisdom of, of, you know, really real world experience, but I had a good amount of knowledge that I could share and, and help a, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
certainly didn't know everything, but I felt like five years was like a minimum where that's where in my case, I was doing a lot of uh, training college kids for the NFL combine. So five classes worth of NFL combine training over a hundred athletes, um, you know, thousands, it was like thousands and thousands of sprints coached. I had it all logged. I put out my first article and information on training an athlete for the NFL combine, but that was five years, hundreds of hours, well, actually thousands of hours, but hundreds of athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like, okay, I know more than most on this. I'll put out some information, but that was the minimum. That was like five years minimum. I didn't say a word. Nobody knew who the hell I was. I didn't put any public information out there until I trained real people in person for five years. And I think that's, that's a great kind of, minimal, uh, you know, guideline for getting in even a, a training online again, cause I training people in person will help you become a better online trainer, but Absolutely. being an online trainer doesn't really help nope. shit with, with uh, <laughs> excuse my language for, um, in, in person, it's a different world. So I think you want to be, a, you want to make a living online. Awesome go train real people for at least five years first. I absolutely agree. Because once again, if you're going to see it in real life, you're going to be able to help somebody online. Yes. If you see it online, it doesn't mean you're going to be able to help somebody in real life. Yes. You need to see it because nothing, you know, it's like someone could show you, oh, I, the amount of people I met that say, oh, I bought one of your programs or I do your program. And then we watch them squat in person or run a sprint in person. I'm like, oh, that's not anywhere near the way I coach it or write about it. Like a lot could be lost in translation, not only obviously through writing, but even through video. Sometimes you need that coach's eye. To me, what separates the great coaches from just the good are those little tweaks. When you're, you know, we walked in here before the cert and you have a bunch of people in a class and you're walking around and just that, that little tweak of telling that guy, sit your hips back a little bit more, turn your foot out a little bit, get, get your chest up. Like those little coaching tweaks and coaching cues, you can't, you, you don't get that online and you need to see that and experience it. And no, when I write this online program, I already know the top four or five things that are there could be misinterpreted or go wrong with this exercise, with this program. So then you'll know I'm not just going to write squat. I'm going to provide a video with it and I'm going to provide a couple bullet point coaching cues because I've trained thousands and thousands of people and I know what the majority of them look like when I tell them to squat, you know, for one example. But you you have to do it in person first. Yeah. So, I mean, so to kind of touch on this because I, I I really wanted to like your transition um you know at what point in time were you like okay cool I want to make this switch up and go more online or uh because you know for for people like I, I talked to a ton of coaches I don't know if you get a lot of the questions but it's kind of like the path of the coach and people yes. don't know you know I mean even even this weekend uh we're at a couple people that came up and you know talked to somebody talked to me and we're hey like you know I I've, I've been doing all this coaching. Now, the next step, this gym is offering me a position higher, being more of a director, but I love to coach. Yes. I want to progress. At what point in time, you know, and was it for you that you went like, okay, cool, I, I'm good. Like, I don't know if I want to have the facility, have a team, this, that, and the other. I want to move in this direction uh, and go smaller, go online. Like, what was the, I would say, transition point for you? And as far as like shooting for something to where you're like, okay, you know what? This is where I want to go now. This is what I want to build. Yeah. What was that like for you? Just uh, talking a little bit about that. Like what was the trigger that made you change your mind and, and shift? 
it, well, I, I know this sounds cliche, but like I, I was starting to not be happy, like something that I love and I'm obsessed with the, the gym and training. And I was getting to that point where like every time the phone rang, it would actually like, I would get mad. And I like, what the hell's wrong with me? People are calling the gym, wanting to give me money and, and, you know, business to the, to the gym. And I'd be like, Oh God, another, another person to deal with another, I got to hire someone else. Like I was, I was going home unhappy. And, uh, I did that for almost a year where I finally caught it. And, and my wife too, like she could tell, like, if you're, oh, you're, you're, you're like exhausted and like you're, if, if this isn't making you happy anymore, you need to make a change. And I knew I always wanted to be in this industry, but for me, I realized I thought the only way you could grow in this business, cause again, I'm older. So there, the online thing almost didn't even exist when I started. So it was, you start in a small gym, you train as many people as possible. You, you, keep going <clears throat> until you bust at the seams. Then you open up a bigger gym and hire some trainers and then you go and you keep going bigger, bigger, bigger. And then you just keep opening up bigger gyms or you franchise and you have a whole bunch of gyms. So that's, if you look at my, my, my route, you know, my path, it was a 500 square foot facility, a 2000 square foot facility, a 5,000 square foot facility, uh, teaming up with on it in, in a 10,000 plus square foot facility. And it just, I wasn't happier as the business grew. And what I found was I just, again, I just love training. I love coaching. That's my thing. I love helping people, but developing a team and, you know, having meetings with the staff and like develop. I just found that that's not my thing. I don't like it. Like, I know you're fucking great at, am I allowed to curse on this? Oh, Sorry. Absolutely. All right, just checking. <laughs> I know, I know you're fucking great at that stuff and you're, you seem very passionate about the business end of the business. I'm not. And, and I have that, like, thankfully enough self-awareness to know, like, that's not me. I'm not really good at it. I don't I don't love it. So how can I do? And it's almost weird because, like, I I don't have a boss like I'm my own boss. I it's DeFranco's gym. Yet it's almost like I was an employee of my own gym. Like mm -hmm. I worked for someone else because my wife was one time was like, you you could do whatever the fuck you want. Like it's your business. If you're not happy, change it, change it, shut the gym down. Get like, do you could do literally what, what do you want? And then, so finally it's, it's like, I should, I shouldn't have needed someone else to tell me that, but it kind of hit me. I'm like, yeah, the, the things that stressed me in the morning, like, Oh, I got this trainer's having problems at home. So he wants to meet with me and I got to help him with, you know, personal stuff and hiring people and firing people like that stuff always just gave me like a knot in my stomach. So I said, I don't want to deal with that anymore. This online at this time, I had teamed up with Smitty and we just started doing some online stuff. We just started our certification, uh, our DeFranco Insider membership site. So I'm like, there's other ways I could make a living doing this. I loved my 5,000 square foot gym was like my dream facility. I loved it. I, there is a part of me that misses it, but all the things I miss are like, walking in in the morning and seeing the guys and the camaraderie of the training, running that as a business, I don't miss anything. As yep. you know, the, you know, the bigger it gets, just the more headaches. Um, and not saying it can't be done, certainly, because you've done it. 
I just, I just didn't like it. So I said, what do I love doing? I love training. I love writing programs. I love doing YouTube videos. I love talking about training. So that's when I, I started my podcast and I said, all right, now I got a couple online things going. My podcast, Triple H had just called me. I'm driving to Connecticut, training him two, three nights a week. I don't have to train people all day and I don't need this big facility anymore. I could train the clients that I want in a, in a much smaller facility. Some of these clients I'm even training at their own house and the online thing I could do, you know, in my car out of the garage at freaking Starbucks doesn't matter. So it was, it was the most difficult decision of my life, but that's when I decided I, 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 the, the gym, unfortunately, as much as I love it, the it, it's causing me too much stress in my life. Now I have twin daughters. I'm coming home. I'm exhausted. I'm angry. I'm mad. And uh, so I made the decision to shut the gym down. And uh, I just opened up a, a small thousand square foot facility that has a podcast studio, the equipment that I need to train a couple kind of VIP clients, whatever you want to call it, people that I want to train. So now I train a handful of people just enough to keep me in the game because I love doing it. And uh, I do the online stuff. And now I, I really just do not that there's headaches in, in anything, obviously, but and, and a lot of hard work and late nights. But for the most part, 95 percent of what I do, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like excited, excited to the point where like I'll run downstairs and like, you know, forget to take a shower because it's like I just want to get started. It's, it's <laughs> and, and I didn't have that when I had the gym towards the end. But that's a great point, like the awareness of because I do think like, man, th think about like even now. A lot of people are like, I got one gym, so I should probably have more. Yes. I mean, that's, you know, it's like, it's either that path or it's, well, that guy did X, Y, Z. So I should, I, I know I'm doing well, but I should probably do this. Right. And you're just kind of chasing somebody else's dream. You know what I mean? Like, yes. whereas you figured out like, you know what, this is what I want to fucking do. So that's what I'm going to do. And this is what makes me happy. And I think that's key is the the, the self-awareness. And I think when you start young, you're figuring this shit out a lot more, of right? Of course, It's of like course. this path. You, you got to go through the uh, kind of like the the hard work of figuring it out, right? Like uh, I said, purpose is not found, it's forged. I always love that. Yeah, you know that's I mean? a good one. And, uh, and, and to, to get to a point where you're like, okay, well, listen, like, let's be real. Like, I, I don't like being an owner. I don't like doing this, that, and the other. That's one of the best fucking things that you can do. Because I still know people today that are, you know, trudging along is like what they think they should do. Yeah. And it's like, oh, maybe it gets better. And it's like, well, probably like if you've been putting a maximum effort, you just don't enjoy doing this. Maybe there's a different way. And like yep. there's stuff today that you couldn't do, you know, 10, 15 years. That's ago. That's the thing. Now it's like, way. E I, I don't like to use the term easy because nothing's yep. easy. If you're going to be successful, everything takes hard work um, and consistency. But there's a lot more ways, like literally whatever you love to do, you can make a career out of it. Like there's, I mean, there's kid, there's eight year old kids on YouTube making millions and millions of dollars, uh, you know, doing toy reviews. Like <laughs> my kids watch this stuff yeah. on YouTube. I'm like, there's families who just film themselves, you know, having a regular day and kids watch this and other families watch it and they're making millions off of advertisers for their YouTube videos. Like there is just so many ways to make a living now. There really isn't an excuse. Like I, I hate the, the, the term do you, but like that's basically what you're saying. It's like, do, do you do what you love and what you want to do? I fell into that trap. I worked at another gym that was very successful for five years. And, um, you know, uh, their philosophy was 
more facilities and they ultimately franchised and that's awesome like but I guess I just because that's I grew up in that environment in this industry I just thought like that's how you grow a gym business and it, it took me 10 years or 15 actually uh 15 years um to figure out like yeah, that's one way of doing it, but there's a whole bunch of other ways. Like, but I just kind of blindly, it, it was weird. It was something I never th- even thought about. It was just like, oh yeah, this gym is, t- uh, it, I've grown out of this gym, open up a bigger one. Oh, it's, it's time to hire more trainers, open up a bigger gym with more trainers. And I, I never sat back and said, is this what you want to do? It was just, this is what the guy that I worked for did. So now that I'm on my own, I should just follow that. And it's crazy, but it's a shame it took me that long to figure it out. But I also think if I I needed to experience it because I still you don't know until you're in it. You know, uh, I I don't think if, like if I if I was going to do it all over again, I'd probably do the same thing because I know I, in my head I'd say, well, I love the gym atmosphere. I love like I want to have my own gym. I'd, I'd probably uh, do it again just because I I don't regret that experience i actually it's some of the best memories of my life i just knew it was time to make yeah. a change you and know, i think it's probably to the path you know the the point of it is that like you probably won't know until you do it and you and you yes and you put your full effort in because I, I think that if you don't put in your full effort like let's say you become a coach right and you bullshitting and you, you're never really giving your best to your clients and educating yourself and putting yourself out there and marketing right like how do you fucking know if you yep. really are made for it right because then it just means you're looking for the quick thing that's going to be easy. Yes. And then you're never going to, you're never going to get there. You're never going to find that. Yep. Right. Um, man, like I'm, I'm going to turn the corner a little bit because man, so many people hit me up. I, I, I posted, I said, I'm going to have a conversation with you and probably had like 30 people say, Oh man, I did West side for skinny bastards, which is like, <laughs> who didn't do that program? I, I was, uh, that was like one of the programs I was probably on for years. That's funny. Uh, it, which, but from, and, and a lot of people ask like, hey, what is still kind of like your your thought process around? Because I really want to dig into like the way you train now. Because this is, I mean, and I told you like you're this the fittest that, you know, I've, I've seen you the way you looked. You just said you're like, man, the leanest that you've ever been. Um, but from a standpoint of, you know, coaching, how much of influence does that still have? You know, the conjugate system, if a, if a client comes to you um, and, and let's say, obviously, if it's an athlete, is that something that you still use? But if it's a general client, how much of the influence of conjugate do you plug into that? And then how does that look like in your own training nowadays? Because obviously that's changed quite a bit. So, I mean, shit, it has for me. Like we can talk yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, my own training now is much more like longevity based. Um, while I, I lost weight and a lot of people will say I look better like my number one goal is to feel better. And as a, you know, a side effect of that, it's, I drop body fat and, and some people uh, will say, oh, wow, you look great. But it, it's funny because it like, I'm not like the aesthetic, you know, guy that's just training to look good on the beach. It was like, I have a lot of low back pain. I'm getting older, you know, things hurt in the morning. So like, I just want to feel better, but as a, you know, it's a nice training, training to feel good actually, you know, helped aesthetically as well. But uh, asking about the conjugate method, it's still, still a huge influence. Definitely with, with athletes that come the, the, the private athletes that we work with now, we still follow that type of system. I even, you, you know, with triple H and some of the WWE guys, I, I, the, the things I like about it, and we're always tweaking it. It's never just copying, you know, it's not West Side for Skinny Bastards, yep. how I wrote it a hundred years ago. It's, but I like, I like the combo of, of 
training multiple different qualities like building. So even in just general pop, 40 year old guy, a housewife, like I like building well-rounded strength, I call it for them. So you want to be strong uh, in many different areas. So I like having a quote unquote heavy day or a max effort day for a general pop client. That's not going to be a one rep max, but for them, it might be, you know, we might go as heavy as they can with perfect form in a six to eight rep range, you know, on their main lift. And then the accessory stuff still stays, stays the same. I, 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 focused on it way back when, and, and I'm still to this day, like a lot of upper back focus, postural muscles, a lot of volume for the, for the upper back and posterior chain. The things, the funny thing is you, whether you work with elite athletes or guys that sit at a desk all day, you see the same issues. The same stuff. They just got there through, you know, maybe different paths, like a lot of the demands on the athletic field are creating shoulder issues and, um, you know, poor posture and tight hip flexors. And yet if you sit at a desk all day and you're just slouched over on your computer, you're going to get a lot of the same, you know, same shit. So it's funny how the, a training of an elite athlete and like a regular guy, there's, they're certainly not the same from like, you know, an intensity standpoint and the volume, but there's a lot of overlap with regards to the exercises. Cause that Cameron Joss says this, uh, my tra- longtime friend now and trainer, but, uh, he's like, we're, we're all human and humans move, you know, we move the same, whether you're an NFL football player or, you know, a CEO, we're all human beings. And we, we have the, you know, our bodies move very similar. We have different shapes and structures, but a shoulder joint to shoulder joint, you know, the hip joints, the hip joint. So you see a lot of these common areas uh, of dysfunction. And that's why uh, a warm up is super important, whether you're an athlete or a guy that sits at a desk all day, the, the upper back postural muscles, posterior chain. And then I just like to, to keep them interested. I like having a quote unquote, a heavier day, and then maybe a more dynamic day for an athlete. It's going to be, you know, more intense things like sprints and jumps and med ball throws. But I think as you know, a regular guy, you know, a a woman, I don't care if you're a mom or how old you are, you should still be able to be somewhat, when I say athletic, you don't have to be a pro athlete, but I want you to be able to move and, and perform a box jump. Maybe it's on a six inch box, but teaching you how to land properly from a jump lunge, uh, throw a med ball and push a prowl, you know, sprint with a prowler is very safe. Uh, so we're, we're, we're still having like max effort day and dynamic effort day, but it's it's tweaked to fit the individual. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's what I was about to say. Because 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 when you look at like uh, like the structure of you know what you guys even uh, presented this weekend, it's like this evolution, right? Because yeah. it's like all the things that I mean, shit, just in the last ten plus years that that we learned, and you know there was parts. I mean, from FRC to DNS, mm-hmm. to, you know SFMA to rolling patterns to you. But it's just like it's just evolved, but it's still has these good foundational principles yes. inside of like how, you know, I don't know West Side for skinny bastards, but, but now it's just like the on steroids, you know, like yeah, 10X, yeah. right? Like, um, but but that's what I love about it. Cause same thing, like if you're training somebody that's, I don't know, a little bit older or whatever it may be, you're just not going to do a back squat. You might do exactly. a double kettlebell squat or a Zercher squat or something that's going to fit fit them that better. Yes, yes. And, and that's what, <clears throat> that's the, um, and, and the, 
again to the point of where there's you have you we're all human so we we squat we hinge we push we pull we lunge we twist you know we walk like it's the the, the fundamental movement patterns are the same for everyone if you're a 22 year old elite athlete we're going to maybe overload them a little bit more and do a little bit more volume and and the the workout might be a little bit more intense uh but if you're a general pop guy, washed up meathead, whatever you want to call it. Those are still the fundamental movements. So I'm just going to give you a goblet squat instead of a back squat. We're going to maybe do a dumbbell floor press instead of a barbell bench press. You know, it's just little tweaks like that. But the, that the template is still the same as far as, um, and I don't only follow one template, but if, if my kind of go-to is an upper lower split and a, a two different focuses, Again, I call a heavy day or a max effort day. Heavy might be 10 reps. It's just one day we're yeah. going a little bit heavier on a main exercise. And one day it's a little bit more athletic based and a little bit more speed based. And not that we're doing that the entire workout either. Like if, if I say dynamic effort lower for a, a you know, a CEO, he's going to do a dynamic warm up, you know, for 15, 20 minutes. We're going to get him feeling good first. Then he might perform a couple sets of box jumps as his main movement. And then it's a, a bunch of posterior chain stuff, core work. So it's not like when I say dynamic effort, it's not like he's sprinting and then doing a whole bunch of jumps and a bunch of med ball throws and dynamic effort, you know, box squats with like bands the whole and chains. day. Everything like is just the whole day. Stuff. Everything's <laughs> explosive. Like you wouldn't want to do that with a pro athlete either. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's like one main movement focus, maybe two. And then the rest of the accessory stuff is a lot of the stuff we talk about at the cert. It's just, um, all the, all the dysfunctions that our body creates, whether it's from underuse or overuse, whether it's from sitting at a desk or playing, you know, a sport, we basically try to do the opposite in the weight room. And I think that's a big mistake. A lot of young trainers make is they'll, if, if you know, you get someone who says, I, uh, say they get a football player that says, I, I need to get stronger. I, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm a lineman and I want to pass block. I, I need to throw a harder punch. They're automatically going. It's like bench, incline bench, military press where, yeah, we might incorporate those exercises. But actually if that dude is punching at practice all day, you want to do the opposite and have him do a whole bunch of horizontal rowing and, and retracting the scapula and upper back work. You don't want to just mimic the movement that, you know, they're, that they're performing almost all day. That's a big mistake. Uh, trainers make or like basketball players all obsessed with their vertical jump. If a basketball player comes to me in season, the last thing we're going to do is jump. You know, I'm going to focus more on getting him to overcome all the imbalances and all the stress that's placed on his body from jumping and cutting and, and playing basketball uh, multiple times a week. So it's, it's almost, there's that fine line between specificity, which is very important. And that probably, that's a whole nother podcast, but you know, specificity and peaking for something and overcoming all of the it's, it's almost imbalances. like bringing back the symmetry yes exact opposite of what you're constantly doing exactly which goes exactly. to life too right because i mean you're just saying you got a ceo a lot of stress a lot of here a yep. lot of sitting a lot right so how do we reverse that because i don't give a shit like who you are if you can get somebody to feel and perform better 
man, you're, th- that's a humongous win. It, feeling better, it, it, and especially in our industry, it's we have this persona like trainers, they and and clients. It's just been engraved in their brain that like a good workout has to involve me feeling like I'm going to puke or throw up or getting in. A lot of people don't go to the gym and they don't take that next step towards their health and getting in shape because they think they associate with what they have to do to get there. Now, it's certainly it's not going to always be easy, but it certainly doesn't have to be. You feel nauseous. You feel sick all the th- after your workout. You're throwing up on yourself. You're sore for three days, and you can't, you know, get off the toilet. Like it doesn't have to be that way either. I think more trainers need to focus on, you know, it almost like that. That w- you hear about the flow state when it's the just the right amount of a challenge for someone. Like especially when a new client would come to me, and I haven't worked with a ton of general pop, but we we have uh, I'm more so now actually. Um, the first thing, especially the first day, I want them to leave the gym feeling better. Like yep. yes, you'll break a sweat, and that's all well and good, but I'm going to give them just the right amount of challenge. I'm not going to make it so easy and I'm not going to talk the whole time and, you know, bore them with science and and too much coaching, but I'm also not going to just run them into the ground and have them do the workout of the day and, and puke all over themselves and be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a hardcore trainer. I kicked your ass. Come back tomorrow. It's, it's that perfect challenge where they're not bored, but they're not like overly stressed and, and have anxiety over, oh my God, I don't want to train with Joe because he killed me yesterday. Give them just enough challenge that they're very, very, uh, you know, engaged and into it. And, but they're still working and you leave them wanting more. Like I want them to be like, yo, that, that, that was hard, but man, that, that was awesome. I feel great. I want to come back tomorrow. Not, I beat the shit out of them. They can't even get out of bed the next day. I've had people tell me like they work with trainers and they have to call out, uh, call out of work the next day because they can't get out of bed. Like that's, you're not a good trainer. Anybody, anybody could make you tired. Not anyone could help you reach a, an actual result. Like the, the good trainers, it's more, I, I talk about the difference between workouts versus training programs. A workout is an individual thing. It's like a standalone, come into the gym, I'm going to pick out a bunch of random exercises and kick the shit out of you. Training program is a progressive program that each workout builds on the next. You know, Monday's workout respects what we did on Saturday or Sunday, and it's and it's prep, preparing you for Tuesday's workout. And Tuesday's workout is going to be based on what we're what we did on Monday and what we're going to do on Wednesday. And it's like it's all a progressive plan towards a specific goal, not just random boot camp class uh we're just going to do random shit each day and you're going to leave here feeling really tired do you still see a lot of that though like i, I mean obviously i, I think I still so, yeah. see a ton of like like the is not maybe i don't know maybe i think it's happening even more right yes. where 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 it's kind of like well because i mean look i i certainly agree with it's better for a person to just go do you know zumba than do nothing where yes. it's better to, for a person to do an unstructured workout with no plan and to do nothing but that once again does that mean that that's what should, we should be doing especially as coaches i mean everything should be programmed it doesn't mean you're gonna be able to stick to the plan to the t because life happens of and you course. adjust but you but the, the kicker is that you have a plan from like hey this is my gps from point a to point b here let's reverse engineer it and and yes. put, put it to play and i'm still seeing a lot of stuff that's just it's whatever 
and uh and and whatever usually gets you whatever you know what I mean like yeah no 100 percent and I agree with you I don't want to like be um have it misconstrued what I'm talking about like you definitely moving and doing anything is better than nothing a hundred percent but I I just almost worry about like you know, do you and not even to pick on CrossFit but just that type of workout like a really intense CrossFit workout and it's not every facility, but yeah. there, there's good and bad in everything. Absolutely. But in the gym business, if you're bad, you could physically hurt someone. Like an untrained mom walks into some CrossFit gym, or I shouldn't even say any gym, and you jump into their boot camp class and you're with people that are fitter than you, younger than you, more mobile than you, and they just throw you in because you paid the the monthly fee. That's what I worry about. And that's where I, I say that's the that's where maybe doing nothing might actually be better, be better like yeah. if you're going to get injured and like literally be on the shelf for six months uh or and not even i'm not even talking about like soft tissue injuries like god forbid you know a medical history a heart problem and then you just you know go into this high intensity workout where they jack your heart rate up within the first minute of the class like that's what i worry about because yeah. then we all get clumped together it's you know, woman or man goes to gym, personal trainer, you know, kills her, her. <laughs> kills him. Like, and then it's like, Oh, what do you do? Oh, you're a trainer, right? Oh, you're I just read I this article. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you do what that guy in the article did. Like, I don't want to be uh, associated with that. And uh, we listen, I'm not that we're better than anyone, but I'm, we've both been doing this long enough. We're like our, our inner circle are not people doing that. So, but so sometimes I am, I have like my, my view, my view of what's going on is, is a little bit skewed because I'm, I'm around the, the best of the best. And I know how, how much we all care and how we talk about running our businesses and training our clients. But when I consult newer, younger trainers, like, and they tell me what's going on in the, in the gym business and really with the masses, like, I think that that stuff is going on more than ever. Again, the going back to the social media thing, as great as it is for us to post information that that could actually be valuable and help people. It also has, you know, it's, it's made this culture of like, everybody wants that badass, you know, hashtag beast mode, like kicked my ass at the gym today, a picture of themselves passed out in like a pool of sweat and yeah, hard work and, and all that is awesome. Like I'm all for it, but that sends that message of like, every time you go to the gym, if you don't have a cool Instagram picture of you looking like you're half dead, the workout wasn't really worth it. So then the young trainers want to make a name for themselves and it's, they they want to disguise their lack of knowledge and wisdom with just beating the shit out of people. So, you know, Mr. Jones leaves there going, oh, man, that my trainer kicks the shit out of me. He's really good, man. He, and it's just like, dude, any but my seven year old yeah. daughters could kick kick the shit out of you. Do put on a weight vest and, and do burpees for hard, an hour. Hard workout. Yeah. It was, 100 sprints, 1000 burpees. Right. Yeah, like, go you're, do you're, it. You're dead. You're dead. We both killed you. We weren't even there. But like, you know what? The, the, like, because. There's a lot of a lot of coaches listening to this, but like just a lot of people in general, I think it's important to 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 point out because I sometimes I you know I want to scare you to do the right thing. Yes, I guess. and you know, perfect example. You you got a person coming in, and you know, for instance, we go through the assessments. If you can't have uh, quality overhead flexion with no weight. You know, and you come into the gym, and that person's doing you know kipping pull-ups or push presses or jerks or you know, I mean, 
like for, for like if you think about that if you take a step back and you go like this person cannot go overhead or has no thoracic rotation right and they can't do it with body weight so meaning if i crank their arm they'd be like ow yes <laughs> with yes. body weight right but then we're going to load that and we're going to do a lot of reps and we're going to do it under fatigue like look that's going to cause an injury and there's two parts of this that are you know really to to look at number one you know uh People can go after you, you know, but, yeah. but first of all, it's like, hey, thou shall do no harm, number one rule. Yes. And you're trying to make people feel better, get them results, uh, you know, have them leave and be like, hey, that bugged me and it doesn't bug me anymore. Mm-hmm. And not like I came in that, you know, I was, I was out of shape and, and with low energy and I wanted to lose weight. But now I also have my shoulder <laughs> killing me and my yes. low back killing me. And if, you know, if you're a client doing the due diligence to go, what is the, per, you know, the, the, the gyms or the coaches approach to these things. But if you're a coach, like that's a red flag. Like I, you know, for anybody listening to this and if you're running a group training class, you're, you know, you're doing any type of, uh, whether it's small group, bigger group, you know, semi-private training to, to have some type of system where you can go like, Hey, that, per, you know, teaching people what they can, can't do, uh, having progressions, regressions. Uh, I mean, you'll, rarely ever see actually in a group training class we do very low overhead work and i, I love it yeah i love it the truth is that eight out of ten people to come through here exactly at when they come through at first before we work with them on it they can't press in a healthy way overhead uh and we might do a bunch of other stuff that is going to get them there but you know if so if you go to a place where it's 20 people 15 30 people you know and everybody's doing you know, squat thrust with dumbbells yep. and, and a cleaner snatch or, you know, stuff that really you, you, you have to have quite a bit of, you know, mobility and stability to get there. That's, that's a problem. And, you know, to, and, and because the point you made on social media is social media makes things go so fast and it's so like in your face that yep. it's, it's harder to relay that. Right. Cause people are like, Oh, let me just let me just show this crazy workout. Yeah, they're scrolling. You got you got three seconds to get their attention. <laughs> exactly. And so it is. I mean, I, I know for me, too, it, it is one of those things where, you know, I'll put out like, hey, here's 99 of the best glute training exercises. Because Somebody's like, oh, man, let me archive that. Let me see what this guy's doing. But then another video is going to be like, hey, listen, most people can't get overhead. Here's three drills that will yes, help you get overhead, yes. you know, and. And so I do think that it, it, it's kind of like you, you got to walk that line in the yin and yang. But at the foundational level, uh, long term, like you will not be successful if you don't know your shit and if you don't care about your clients. I mean, that should be a foundation, but enough to go like, you know what? I'm not going to mess around and do something that could even possibly hurt them. Exactly. I mean, that, that- and if like younger trainers listening, you want to separate yourself from the trainer down the street, like you have to do some kind of an assessment like the cuz i think the average gym they walk in they 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 give the potential <clears throat> member a tour and if if they got their credit card with them they sign them up and hey you want to, you want to start right now we got a class you know going in 5 minutes you want to separate yourself do an assessment i i almost it's too bad it, it should be mandatory it's almost like like a, a doctor like you know you you need a prescription before you could go and and get your medication from the pharmacy it's almost like there and i wish there were more regulations almost in this industry where it was you need some kind of it doesn't and choose what you like i don't know if there's one best way uh luca was mentioning like at our certification our assessment stemmed from 
us doing all of the, you know, the, the assessments out there and then coming up with what we felt are the most simple, practical ways to, to get someone in your gym, get a pretty good understanding of what's going on in their body so they could get to work. But the, the work has to revolve around what you found in that assessment. You can't just throw them into a group class. So if you want to separate yourself Come up with three or four or five t- quick, simple tests. And you, we know all the common, the common areas of dysfunction in the shoulders, the low back, tight ankles. Um, you know, we, we know all those things. So assess that. And I'm telling you, you win, you win people over like that because they're used to going into a gym and just working out and probably having whatever is bothering them get aggravated from those workouts yep. as opposed to a good coach says, oh, hey, put your arms overhead for me. And they can't even, you know, they, then they tell you, you know what, I could barely brush my teeth in the morning. Like my shoulder's been killing me since I, I was in high school. And now you look like a true professional and say, well, here's probably why X, Y, Z. Here's what we're going to do to help you fix it. I'm not going to have you do any overhead presses because always have your why. And if you explain that to them in real simple terms, and now they know their workout's going to be custom like you you got yourself a client for life because now they're going to leave your gym feeling better and I think you made a great point too there might be some exercises that you or me love but we know if you are going to offer group training at your gym and you're going to have 8, 10, 12, 30 people in it you need to be programming exercises in that workout that are very um there's not a there's not a huge technical component to them they should be pretty straightforward not easy from an effort standpoint but just not very technical to learn and very low risk high reward type exercises so overhead press is great if you have the shoulder mobility the core strength the 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 thoracic mobility but we know 98% of the population doesn't, so probably not the best idea to throw thrusters into your group exercise class. Uh, th- th- trust me, there's other ways to make them tired and get a workout, but the, the group training classes, I mean, we're, we do a lot of uh, you know things like ISO hold, YWTs, band pull-aparts, uh, goblet squats. Everybody squats better if they if they have a weight in front of them, kind of adds some stability uh, while you're overloading the movement slightly. Uh, sled dragging and pushing yep. is very hard from an effort standpoint, but very easy on the joints, not not very technical. So that's what the, the group exercise classes should be revolving around. Um, but n- unfortunately, not a lot of gyms do that. Yeah, so I mean, it's... And here's here's why if, if you're if you're a coach that's like well I don't know a system man go and follow somebody's system like yes. it's like the cook and the chef thing right because I still see so much confusion out there I'm like look at the beginning I might you know somebody might never be a chef and that's fine but what do you do you get a cookbook and you become really good at making the meal from the cookbook such a good point and so if if you know. This is this perfect example. Like, hey, listen, you want to be get great at training athletes, getting people strong, getting people in great shape. You know, go do CPPS level one, and like, and now you have the cookbook, and you just got you got to cook. And at a certain point in time, you get really good at cooking, and you know the spices, and you know what to put here, there, and the other. Now you might go, you know, it's like know the rules, break the rules, yep. become the chef, make your own recipes. Uh, but you know, I promise you this. 
If you haven't been cooking for a long time and learning from the greats and you go try and make your own meal, it's probably going to taste like shit. So. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and everybody wants to, again, in the Insta-famous world, it's like the, the 21 and 22-year-olds, they want to, they want to, everybody wants to name an exercise after yep. themselves. They want to reinvent the wheel because they think they need to do something so unique to stand out. And yet, like, standing out is important and, and it's important to be yourself. Like, be unique that way. But in this world of training, I couldn't agree with you more like in the beginning follow someone else's stuff that's been doing this for at least 10 10 15 years and then make your own tweaks and it's funny because like how you started started this conversation on the training talking about west side for skinny bastards like that's what i did i read louis simmons articles became very intrigued with that system of training it was very new to me but it made sense and i did it myself as he wrote it and then I was training a lot of high school athletes at the time. So I followed, you know, I had his cookbook, followed it to a T and then said, you know what? I have a lot of athletes. They need, they're doing a lot more sprinting, obviously, than power lifters and they need a little bit more mobility. So I'm going to take this recipe, but I'm going to change this. I'm going to add, you know, some single leg work. I'm not going to put a, instead of doing dynamic effort, box squats with bands and chains, which is very technical and stressful. I'm going to swap that out for just a box jump or maybe some sprints. And like, I, I moved one thing. I tweaked one thing. I added one thing and I still named it West side. It, not because I was trying, it was more of a, it was a respect thing. Yeah, like I wanted yeah. to make sure people know, like if you look at this, you know, this recipe, it's going to look very similar because I'm giving him Louis Simmons total credit. I tried his program. And again, I know they say you don't train West side unless you train at West side, but from the articles he wrote and what, what I knew, I, I did his program to a T how he wrote about it in articles, loved it, got very strong added a few exercises, took a couple exercises out, made a couple tweaks, changed maybe 15 to 20% of it, but 80% of it was still what I learned from him and came up with my own recipe. But it was based on, to your point, someone else. But you, but you were cooking doing for a this while. And I was cooking <laughs> before cooking that. Recipe, you know? uh, yeah, I was cooking <laughs> six years, six, yeah, seven years yeah, yeah. before that. But then, you know, still found someone that had, 30 years on me, you know, and then yep, followed yep. his recipe. But yes, the Perfect good, example. very good point. I was, I was cooking, uh, for a couple of years before. Perfect example. Now you're going to you. Cause like, this is a conversation. I mean, it's relevant to me. Cause like, as I'm sitting here and my, and, and my, my back flaring up a little me, bit, me too, brother. <laughs> dreading this flight going <laughs> you, you home. See, you see me and Joe just like, like wiggling around a lot of shit, but it, you know, just like, I know how, you know, much my training has changed and honestly it's changing now. And you know, me and Farooja always talk about this stuff. And, you know, once you get into, I would say the late 30, later 30s into the 40s. How old are you now? Th 37. I'm going to oh, turn 37. Uh, 37. I'm going to turn 38 in, in, in June. Damn, you look good. You look good for your age. You, you, you're not, yeah. not a day over 27. <laughs> it, uh, but it's, it's the same thing where, you know, what you said, what made you start changing, uh, you know, your training, where you're going. But I'd, I'd love for you to share, because like this is, I mean, more and more people are certainly reaching out to me. I know, you know, Jay obviously is doing a lot of that, helping guys that are, you know, in that age, feeling the best that they ever have. Yes. And I, and I, I would say you're kind of like the, the, the I've same. shifted a lot. Oh, to that shifted too, yeah. a lot, and it's and it, but it's but it's great. And I'd love to hear uh, your thought. Well, put it this way: what your kind of training weeks look like? Because I, I do know uh, to to a certain degree, and I think 
you know, most people would think that maybe you're spending, you know, 12 hours a week training. Oh my God, not uh, even and, close. Yeah, and, and, and that's and that's not really true. And uh, but I, you know, I'd love to share like what your philosophy is now around, you know, staying in the shape that you're in and and and, and kind of you know looking the best you have uh, probably ever, right? Yeah, thank you. Um, the it's funny because I you know I started off it was I was known as like the the NFL combine guy and all the like training athletes for speed and strength and power. And I guess you're doing this long enough. A lot of the, a lot of the high school kids and college athletes that followed me when I started, like the West Side for Skinny Bastard days, now that that was 2003. So we're going on, you know, we're going on almost yep. 20 years. So it's funny; those kids are now in their late 30s, you know, 40s. So I guess it was just a natural progression. I still love, I love helping athletes and training athletes, um, you know, performance-based stuff. But just my, the information that I put out evolved because of the questions that I was getting. Like the reason why I became the NFL Combine guy is because every question someone wrote me back in the day when I was writing for like T Nation and stuff, it was like, how do I run a faster 40? How do I jump higher? And then people read that content and they they write follow-up content. And now, and then just all the, the last couple of years, it was like, Hey Joe, my, my low back is killing me. Like I know you had some low back issues. What do you how do how do you get out of low back pain? Hey, what do you do? Barbell benches kill my shoulder. What what can I replace them with? And like now, if you look at my Instagram, it's like ninety percent joint friendly. Try this. This will make your low back feel better. This will make your shoulders feel better. Uh, it's more longevity and, and feel good based stuff. So I think uh, like a lot of these people that followed me during the early days were in their teens and 20s and now they're just in their 30s and 40s so that type of information uh is more needed so it's 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 i guess i just say that it's important if you're into this in in this industry you do need to evolve and and change as well and if you're truly in it to help people that seems to be the content people want from me that's what they're asking most uh that's what i do that's what i do on my podcast that's what i do on my instagram like that's the information i put out there so fortunately it's it's how i train too because i'm 43 um my my training weeks change all the time. I'm a big, big variety guy. Like as much as I love training, I do get bored very quickly, which is another reason why I think I gravitated towards Louis Simmons and Westside and his whole philosophy of rotating, rotating exercises yeah. and all that. I, I love all that stuff to this day. Um, so it, for me, it's more about some of the, some of the principles that I follow now, like one being where I used to be big into max effort day and like one rep maxes. Now the majority of my training is based on how can I make light weights feel heavy? So mm. it's like I do a ton of warm up and like pre fatigue stuff at the beginning of my workout. I'll, I'll do a ton of upper back, um, Lots of uh, glute activation type stuff because I, I had I, for those who don't know my story, I had a tumor at 17 in my spine. It was misdiagnosed for four years. I had uh, four years of back surgeries and experimental procedures that, uh, unfortunately, I have some a lot of permanent damage left to this day. So a lot of a lot of low back friendly type stuff. I don't barbell squat, barbell deadlift anymore. Um, all of my I don't I don't. 
load the spine basically I, I don't do much I know lifting in general is compressive but I'm not putting a barbell on my back I'm not putting a barbell overhead uh, I do a lot of sled dragging is a huge part of my lower body workouts a lot of unilateral work I'm huge into like Bulgarian split squats reverse lunges step ups uh, slowing down the eccentric adding isometric pauses like any way I can make an exercise harder where I don't have to go heavier, that's the type of stuff I'm doing. Adding one and a half reps um, to, to the sets. Lots of uh, fillers, what, what we refer to them as, uh, as far as like if I'm going to take a minute rest in between a set, instead of standing there doing nothing, I'm going to do a hip flexor stretch or I'm going to do an extra set of band pull-aparts. Uh, you know, tons of upper back work. I probably do at least two times the volume of pulling compared to pressing and um the other good shoulder tip any of you guys out there with shoulder issues this has made a big change and as i've been dealing with a shoulder issue being a meathead by the way on my 42nd birthday my goal was to bench double my body weight for the first time ever i benched 425 at 212 and destroyed my shoulder and I'm 43 now going on 44 I still have that shoulder issue so I say that because you start getting older and listen I lo- I'm a meathead I love lifting but like <laughs> I looked, you. <laughs> I had like what like why why did I I wasn't doing a lot of one RMs at the time it was just this dumb meathead thing that I said I want to I want a goal for my birthday because I have a, my low back issues I it couldn't be anything real lower body based that that's too extreme so I said a double body weight bench at 42 years old would be pretty impressive I, you know I so I did that and then I end up freaking I get it but I rip my shoulder uh i uh, tore my a uh, partial tear in my labrum and i think my supraspinatus but i didn't get an mri so i just been dealing with that so um pointer for anybody dealing with shoulder issues do double the amount of pulling but horizontal, horizontal more yeah. rowing rowing compared to your pressing and i would suggest when you press do a one-to-one ratio. So 50% of the time, do some kind of a dumbbell bench. or And if you really like barbell, that's fine. I, I would recommend against it. But do an equal amount of push-ups compared to um, you know, bench pressing just That's because with the, uh, you know, if you're benching properly with your scaps pulled together, you know, retracted and depressed, which is a very stable, strong position and you want to be in, but there's a tendency to make you very tight and you know, you, your, your thoracic spine gets tight, your, your scaps get kind of locked up. And, and when they don't move, when your shoulder blades don't move freely, the, the, the scapular humeral r- rhythm, you lack that you're going to have shoulder issues. So uh, that little tweak, one-to-one bench press to push-up ratio, but then double the amount of upper back volume has made a huge difference. And I think 90, 100% of the people listening would benefit from that. If you're younger and you have no shoulder problems, maybe you don't need to listen to that right now. But write that down and remember, because someday that'll be some of the best upper body training advice you'll get. That, that's a great point. I'll, I'll add to the, the like three, four different things. Because... Like, you know that we tell people like look you got to get because most people's core is not strong right and always yes. look distal you look you look away from the, the shoulder first so that always upper thoracic so train thoracic extension and rotation and then 
get your uh, good scapular upward rotation. And what that means is just what Joe was saying, like get the scap to be able to move upwards. And there's a bunch of drills. You can find them on, on both our uh, IGs mm-hmm. and, and YouTube stuff. But like you do that, your shoulder is going to be so thankful. Yes. It, it's not even going to be funny. Um, and in my, just so I don't forget to that point, my every warm up, whether it's an upper body workout or lower body workout, like the key upper body areas, keep your, your pecs and lats. I'm, I stretch my pecs and lats multiple times a day, but uh, you know, they're both internal rotators and we sit a lot and we're on our phone a lot. So stretching the pecs and lats active and, and what Luca just said, the thoracic, extension and rotation and then do some upper back activation before you start to lift so like band pull aparts uh, like lower intensity type things like face pulls band pull aparts uh iso hold ywts uh on the floor any any of that type of stuff uh will just make it part of your routine it makes a huge difference you know what's uh now that we talked about this Think about this, okay? Like for for a lot, because I know there's thousands of coaches listening. And for for that, like most of you do some type of group training. If you know that the people that people are coming into your facility, uh, or if you're working out a facility and you're, you're coaching a groups, and you know the issues are going to be stuff like tight hip flexors, uh, you know, no core activation. Uh, you got to activate the glutes. The, what we're talking about: shoulders, thoracic extension, rotation, uh, scapular upper rotation create a warm-up that addresses all those things. If you're on full body training, obviously you're going to plug all that stuff in, spend 10 minutes, 12 minutes, you know, working on those things before people go train. And guess what? Right off the bat, you're getting better results. People are feeling better. They're, they're going like, hey, listen, that stuff that was bugging me, you know, three, four weeks later now is getting better because you're actually implementing this into, you know, the, yes. the programs as a group. And, and, you're going to see a lot of similar stuff when oh, it comes yeah. to groups, so you might as well plug that in. We, um, we at my gym, we have uh, I had forever, and even at the the small spot now. And the, me and Smitty just did a, a whole product on this, but we had these little pre warm ups where, to your point, this the the same thing comes up. I know we're all individuals and we're all different, but the low back, shoulder. Uh, ankle, knee, knee pain. Like you, there's, there's four or five that, that yeah. come up all the time. If you're a gym owner, if you're a trainer, you know what they are. So we came up with the kind of like the best of the best, these little five minute or less, we call them just pre warm ups that we post on the wall. And we have, if we were doing like group training, even with my athletes, if I had a group of 10 NFL guys coming in, the dude that's always complaining, Oh, my low back is tight. My low back is tight. We had the, like the pre low back tightness, warm protocol where yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah it's like the protocol of uh, our favorite hip flexor stretch a you know roll out the adductors roll out the glutes then and then an activation exercise for the core and the glutes like five minutes boom 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 come in do those four exercises we have pictures of them and little descriptions on the wall and they would get in five minutes early and then do that first. And then when we went through the group warm up, they would get more out of the group warm up because they're just able to move better. Like I, I always see when you, especially when you get older or if you work with athletes that are banged up, you need a warm up before the warm up. Cause like right now, <laughs> if you just said, let's go warm up and you said, all right, dude, let, let's just get started. Do 15 body weight squats. 
my bodyweight squats right now are going to look like shit. Like I, I, I know what I, I sat on a plane for six hours. We taught a seminar standing pretty much in one spot for two days. Now we're sitting down again, like sleeping in a hotel bed. There's no way I could just jump in to a warm up right now. Like I would need to roll out like less intense kind of uh, whatever you want to call it. Self massage, self myofascial release. I need a little bit of that first stick a lacrosse ball in my glutes. Like, and then I'll be able to squat properly and then now actually get a benefit out of that. But if I just cold go to do a bodyweight squat, even a jumping jack, like I can't get my arm over my head <laughs> to just do a jumping jack cold. Like I, I need I need to do some mobilization for my pecs and my lats first before I can even do a jumping jack. So like those little pre warmups, man, if you're a gym owner or a coach, you want to make a difference and say spend two hours on a Sunday and write out those five little mini warmups, pre warmups, post them on your gym wall. You might have to show each client. Obviously you're going to have to put them through it once or twice. So they know how to do each exercise, but then your job becomes so much easier because the worst thing when you're training 10 plus people and you're trying to get the flow of the workout and you know everybody's into it and that one guy is like, oh, I can't do this because of my shoulder. You're over there trying to help him and regress an exercise that doesn't bother his shoulder, but the rest of the group wants to get going. It just screws up the whole flow of the workout. So if you could take care of that ahead of time, like, hey, Luca, you do the low back protocol. Joe, you're going to do the shoulder protocol. Smitty, you're going to do the uh, the tight ankle protocol. Now we all do that, and then we jump in a warm-up together, and we're all going to get a little bit more and out it, of it. And it was great is what we started with saying, hey, look, you, what about if you shoot a video coaching those up? Yes. And when people come in, I mean, you do an orientation, but then you send them the video. Hey, pull it up. Look look at me coaching it, right? Like, now you're solving that that problem, plus it's content. Because, I mean, that's how you, Huge, you came out dude. with your with the mo, you know mobility stuff. This like the... the, the Our original it? amped the, one the, the, yeah. was... Um, and then I did the the Agile 8 the was Agile my 8, original yes. one, yeah, was original which one. was a free, again, that yeah. was um, uh, j- just a free content that I put out because I was doing it to get out of low back pain. And that thing exploded, like millions yeah. of views yep. and people like reference it now in programs. Uh, we go again back to the original point of I put that out for free. And then years later, we came out with a mobility product. And it's not like nobody bought it yeah. because <laughs> like, oh, I already have your Agile 8. It was oh, that's the Agile 8 guy. If he's charging for something, it must really be good. You know, and I teamed up with Smitty. So like, I, but just on, on my end of it, it was like nobody, we were talking about free information before, nobody didn't buy our amped warm-up product because they thought they knew it all because I gave away one free uh, warm-up. It was more like, hey, that free warm-up he gave out worked How really, really good. Man, if he's given more of that, it must like, and he's going to charge for it, that must be the really good shit, you yeah. know? So yeah, that we kind of went full circle on, but I think that's important. And you just gave freaking trainers and gym owners, I think the best advice ever. Like you want to separate yourself. What you just said right there, have somebody come in, maybe, maybe they didn't even do their evaluation yet, but then you follow up with an email with a video that they could do at home and try something and help them out. You, you just beat every other gym in your town, in your surrounding area. Like that's how you, you want to stand out and do it the right way without being gimmicky and bullshit. That's, that's, that's the type of things people should be doing to stand out. You know what? You know what? I still still don't see, like, this is crazy to me. And I, and I coach this on everybody. I'm like, right, right now, if we Googled it in a 10 mile radius in the next 
60 days, I guarantee you there's probably either zero or like maybe one or two people actually putting a seminar in their own gym. Right? Yeah. Like there's, there's it's zero and there's hundreds and hundreds of gyms around here. And like every eight weeks we do, uh, I do nutrition seminars, hour and a half, two hours for free. Then I film it and I give it away. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, but, it, but it's like, hey, you want to know how we approach nutrition? Well, there you go. Yep. Doesn't mean you're probably not going to be able to do it all yourself. If you've been struggling, you're going to need some help and coach and supporting and stuff like that. But this is what we do. It's free info, right? And, and I'm like, man, like you could do, we've done mobility workshops and filmed them. We've done, I mean, you know, uh, every month we have our, our, our Dan come in and do a fun, movement fundamentals and he's a physical therapist. Yeah. And it's like, hey, it's free. Just come in and do this and we'll show you how to move. So how, like, this is still working. I just think using tech to be able to spread the word more is kind of built in on top of that, that, you know, back in the day it was a little bit harder to do. Exactly. Um, it, with with that, because I, I know like I'm kind of being cognizant of uh, of, of the flight, but want to want to give you. I'm this, known this. for being late. For, uh, <laughs> I, I can't miss this one, but we, we, yeah, we're. Good. I, I think we're still good. But what man, what excites you and inspires you right now? Because like, I'm, you know, to me, it's I, I love talking about where are things going uh, that that you're excited about going to. Like if you look at the future of. Joe DeFranco on what you're building out and some things that, that you kind of fire you up, uh, you know, about the industry and about where you're going in the industry and, and what you want to achieve. I think what f- fires me up is it's funny. It's the same thing that, um, that probably pisses me off a lot is the, the whole social media thing and how the world has gotten smaller and that we could reach so many more people. Um, I'm, I'm excited that I just feel like there's there's no limits right now. We I know we kind of already spoke about it, but I just feel like whatever you want to do, you could do like you could reach people and, and help a lot of people. And even like this weekend was a great example. I'm excited for where our certification is going because I feel like and this every class has been phenomenal. But this was like this was an especially it just a, a very um like the exact type of coach that, yeah. that we want. Like I if we had a, our avatar of like, when you started a certification, who are you looking for? I, there wasn't one person that didn't fit that description of just passionate, energetic, good energy, personable, knowledgeable, like so that I, I left while they're exhausting and they're long days, you know, we, we don't take a break for lunch, nothing. We just go straight through for two days. It's like I, I left this weekend's certification with, with a, like an adrenaline rush of, wow, this is, we're reaching more people and, and a, a very high quality type of person. And yeah, you know, a lot of that has to do, you know, how we're reaching those people is through social media. Social and, media. you know, so I, I can't knock it in that sense. None of those people would have been here if it wasn't for, you know, us advertising it and promoting it on social media. So I, I'm, I'm very excited about that. And, uh, even like uh, I, I have, I want to get you on my podcast as well. Um, I see how that's growing in numbers each week and it's just crazy. Like you see, I, I have a similar setup. I have like a small room. Sometimes I, I record the show in like my, my daughter's playroom <laughs> yet that show gets downloaded tens of thousands of people. And I mean, I've had shows like that are downloaded in over 200 countries. They'll send me the sheet of like how many different countries things are download. The uh, show is downloaded in. And I, it's that kind of excites me when I'm like, man, we're at a time where 
I could sit in my daughter's playroom and basically talk to myself, <laughs> although I'm answering questions yeah. that people send me, but I'm in a small room talking to, I'm in a pink room talking to myself, but all the things that I've worked so hard for and I'm so passionate about and I've, you know, read so much and trained so much and I, I'm, I'm, I have that white belt mentality where I feel like the more I know, the, the more I, I feel like I need to learn, but the younger people in this industry and just the general population who might not be into what we do but they come to guys like us for help like the fact that we could reach that many people now and help that many people and and I could do it you know at one in the morning if I want from my daughter's playroom like to me that's like it still blows my mind uh sometimes when I'm I'll listen back to my podcast or people start sending in feedback and I'm like damn they're sending me feedback on that I, me talking in the room by myself two days ago, uh, like a hundred thousand people really listened to that and benefited from it and sent me feedback on how it changed their life or who's in chronic low back pain. And now they don't, you know, their, their pain is a hundred percent gone or a kid that got a college scholarship that I never even met that said, man, I've been following your advice, changed my life. I made the team. And then I got a scholarship, like some of the emails and, and DMS I get are mind blowing. And, and I'm not, uh, certainly I'm like, I'm not trying to impress anybody, but just impress upon the fact of how insane it is the the world we live in where a lot of people might focus on the negative. I uh, do my best to focus on that part of social media. And that to me is still mind blowing. The amount of people that, that I'm able to reach with, with my passion uh, that 20 years ago, doesn't seem that long. Like, I don't know if you're 20 right now. I remember when I was 20, I thought 40, like you were an old man. Like if you said, <laughs> if I was going to describe a 40 year old guy, I'd say, yeah, that older guy, you know, the 40 year old guy, I, while I hope I've evolved, um, I, there's still a lot of me. That's the, I'm the same, the exact same person. Like as far as my enthusiasm for this industry, it's the same as it was when I was 18, 20, 27. Like my mind hasn't changed in that respect. So I guess that's why it's so exciting to me when I'm like, damn, I could just sit and talk into a microphone by myself yet help, you know, millions. If we get to that, it's, uh, it's remarkable. So that's what I'm excited about. I love it, man. Because, uh, uh two, two things, you know, I think one, for people to have been in an industry that do great work and that do great things, I think there's a responsibility to do what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because I always, I love that uh, uh, if, if you read the book Legacy, one of my favorite like leadership culture books uh, about the All Blacks, you know, one of, one of their values is like, leave the jersey better than you found it. And I, I try to like, I li- try to live my life that way in a, in a sense of, if I meet a person, I want to leave them better than, you know, yeah. when I met them uh, with, with my team, I want to do that same thing. But then, I, I think the industry, and I started doing the podcast not because uh, I had something, you know, not there's anything wrong with that because, look, I, I definitely think that's one of the things that everybody should strive for to have a really great uh, great value in, and, and get paid for it and yes. so on and so forth. But it was like, how do I just share more of my thoughts and, 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 and help more people out and get coaches to, you know, the like get better, but also like do better for themselves, you know, get what they deserve. And, and I'm like, leave the industry better than you found it. Are you giving back to the industry and making things better for people? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, are you getting the end person to, um, or, you know, the clients, the people that we want to help transform? That That's one part. But the second part is, you know, you bring up like still being curious. And I'm like, for the people that are starting that just want to jump the gun and get success, yeah, get curious and like, 
constantly get better because you'll see the people that have been in it for, for a long time that are doing great and are doing good. Those are usually the people that are still feeling like, you know, they don't know shit. Yes, <laughs> and 100%. just constantly getting after, you know, how can I? Because to me, it is like that one, like, uh, you know, oh, shit, I forgot about. Oh, let me see that. Next time I see a client, you know, I use that tool and it get better. And, and even though I've been in this for so long, it's still like I'm still excited. to see yes. that shit. You know what I mean? Hey, man, I'm so glad you, you the, the way you said you started your podcast, too. It just made me think. um as far as like doing things for the right reason in this industry, I nothing wrong with making money. I got a family. I, I got to feed him. I got a lot of bills to pay. So we, we all need to make money, but nothing. And I haven't, I can't say I I've ever even really done this. I might've had it, it, more of a thought, but like if, if you're going to create a product with this sole purpose of like, all right, what, what, how can I make the most amount of money? I feel like that never works out as uh, uh, compared to doing something for the right reason. Like if you truly are passionate about something and you love it, how you said you, you started this podcast, my podcast, the, the thing that triggered me was there was one day and I know you get this too, but just on, on a, this one particular day I got two or three different emails, like from completely different people don't know each other that were basically asking me the same questions. And I, I remember, and I typed out a long answer. Like I had some time. It was again, a free thing, just, uh, you know, going through my emails. Oh, here, let me help this guy out. Answer the question, open up another email. And it was like another guy pretty much asking the same question. So I went back and I like copy. It, it was something about low back pain. I, I copied and pasted. Cause I was like, damn, I just spent about 20 minutes writing that other dude. It's basically <laughs> the same question. I copied and pasted it. And, but then I ended up, I always like to personalize it. So I kind of made it a little more specific to the guy's question, but I spent like an hour basically answering the same email two, three times in a row. And it was just one of those things that clicked. And like, I wish I could, just record these things so everybody could hear it at once because a lot of people have the same questions and the same problems. So that's that was the sole reason why I started the podcast. I like talking about training. If I happen to have more knowledge than someone in a, in a given area and I could help you, I want to share it. I'm not that guy that, you know, I'm, I don't want to die with uh, a whole bunch of information that nobody else has. Like the, the little that I have, I'm, I'm willing to share. So it was podcasting started like it was like a thing. So I said, I'm going to I'll talk into a microphone and all the most common questions I get. I'll answer them. I'll put it on a podcast. And now I save myself some time from answering the same question for hours, which is it's nice and all, but it's not the most productive no. <laughs> thing to do as, as a businessman, as you know. So now, you know, we all win and it's like you do it with a good with a with with good intentions. And I truly enjoy doing it. And I didn't I didn't even think to have any advertisers. I think I might have even mentioned like the show won't have any advertisers like I'm. Th this is used to answer your questions. But, and it didn't happen quick, three, four years later, okay. some big advertiser, you know, now I didn't, I don't even have someone that goes out and gets me sponsors or advertisers, but I start getting emails like, Hey, love your podcast. You know, love your authenticity. You, you know, the, you speak like, um, you know, I feel like I know you yada, yada, yada. We would like to sponsor your podcast. And like now it's, 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 I'm not getting rich off the podcast, but it's nice supplemental income that I didn't, I didn't look for at all. So that, that feels good. Like, Hey, I'm helping people and it's making money. And I just think like some of the best products and, and, and resources out there 
were created out of necessity. You're, you're solving a problem. You're helping people. And if you actually enjoy the, you know, that helping people, however you're doing it, whether it's a video, um, you know, audio, whatever, then it's like, it's, it's weird how like the money seems to follow Smitty and I, the, I mentioned that amped, uh, DVD was the first product we ever did together. It's, because we met at a seminar, we were talking, we started talking about YouTube and I asked him, you know, what, which one of his videos uh, people liked the best because Smitty used to do all this crazy like strongman and grip training stuff. And he was like, man, you know, it's funny, everybody, because I said, man, I, I go to you for all my grip training. Uh, if, if I need any information on grip training for my wrestler, my wrestlers or my football guys, you're like my go-to guy. So I was like, he was all excited. I was like happy to meet him. And then he was talking to me and uh, we're talking about YouTube and he goes, you know, it's funny. I posted this shoulder prehab video and that destroyed downloads wise, every other like cool strongman video I ever put out. And I go, that's funny. I just, did a video of me this this is again like in 2007 I did a video of me rolling out my glutes in a, with a lacrosse ball in my my old apartment and I thought it was like I didn't expect it anybody I'm like it's gonna look weird but this is really helping my low back pain when I sit on this lacrosse ball now it's become like a thing everybody does it but back then that was kind of unique and I go you know it's funny I got videos of guys running 4.3 second 40 yard dashes and jumping through the roof but I just posted this video of me sitting on a lacrosse ball and like it's it's I think I had like 10,000 views in the first week, which was enormous back then. So it was we just we were like, wow, yeah, I guess a lot of people are in pain. A lot of people don't know how to get out of pain. Like maybe we should put some information out there on how to warm up properly, like some of these these drills that we're showing. And it wasn't like, hey, I think this could make money. It was, yep. hey, a lot of people seem to be struggling with this. We should share this, make make a little bit more of a professional looking product and share this with people. Of course, we charged for it, but like the initial intent wasn't, I got the million dollar idea. It was, a lot of people are struggling with this. Oh, I found a lot of people are struggling with that too. Let's get together and help them. And then that it, we were both blown away by like, the sales at that time in the different countries that, that it sold in. And we didn't even do any market. Like we both posted on our website, like that was the marketing <laughs> and it was, and it blew up, but it was good intention, solving a problem. We both enjoyed doing it. And those are always, always the, uh, the best quote unquote products. If you're a young, uh, trainer trying to make that quick buck, don't do it. Cause the other thing too, is you can only make one first impression. So if you put out a shitty product because you're trying to make a quick buck, oh man! And now three years later, you have some more knowledge and you might have a legitimate product. Those people that bought that first one from you are going to be like, "Yeah, I bought from that guy that he ripped me off the first time. I ain't going near him the second time." So don't be so quick uh, to, to try to make money. You know what's interesting is 16 years later, and like you know, I think just the evolution of you know Joe D to you were doing the you know Ask Joe, but now it's like. You're doing it through the podcast. You're doing it through so Instagram. It's the same thing, doing, just through it, the it, through more different mediums, more mediums, uh, and being able to go more in depth. And probably the frequency obviously is up because you, because it's so much easier to do. Yes, doing shit back in the day would have cost like you'd have to get a oh radio my. studio and shit. You know? Yeah, it's uh, crazy. And now you can knock it out. But uh, man, I mean, hey, first of all, I need a picture of you in a pink room, hunched over, like looking like Bane, <laughs> doing 
the, the doing the podcast. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it this week because I don't. I have to bang one out when I get home, and uh, I'm not gonna get a chance to go to the gym and do it. So you will get that. That would be the best profile picture <laughs> of all the time. But man, I I could keep. You know, we could keep talking about this for forever, man. But thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, where can people find out? I know. First of all, hey guys, like I've I've gotten every single product. It's so usable but like amp 3.0 just came out right yes, so 3.0. Yes. uh and uh since since joe was mentioning amped it's phenomenal it's actually if if you don't have the cookbook that's a that's a great yeah, that, that's cookbook. a good one that's a great that's a cookbook for you guys to uh, to apply into your training into your clients training but where can i find out more about you man uh Mostly Instagram is my main social media platform. So I'm at DeFranco's gym on Instagram and uh, my website, DeFranco'sTraining.com is where uh, I post the show notes and the timestamps of my podcast each week. Uh, every Thursday, I drop a new episode. So uh, DeFranco'sTraining.com, click on podcast and that podcast is another place you can find me. The Industrial Strength Show on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify every Thursday. I got to get you on there soon, brother. Definitely. I'll, I'll be out there soon. Hey, appreciate you guys for listening, taking the time out, getting better. Remember, as always, man, nothing happens if you don't do something. If you listen to this podcast and something clicked, uh, don't worry about everything else. Take that one thing and apply it because that's the only way you can move forward. You listen to one of these a week, you get 52 times better every week. You add something, you, you do something, and you change it. I'll see you in the next Figure Life episode. Peace out. Awesome, dude. Phenomenal. Thank you. That was fucking great. So I feel like my brain is a little fried from this week, and I fucking I rambled a couple times. Nah, that's good. It was good rambling, though. It's-